pandemonium reigns. Hey, family and friends. Welcome to Pandemonium Reigns. A new year is almost among us, and we are another... I think we're about eight months total tallied together on Michael not having a haircut. (laughs) Easter. I was getting ready for Easter when I cut my hair. What is that math? Eight months? Nine months? I don't know. Eight eight months. Easy easy eight months. So, yeah. You're still beautiful. More than beautiful than ever. Thank you, sir. One day I'll (laughs) unleash it for the the beautiful people. (laughs) If you're listening on the podcast, then... uh... Sucks to be you. Hey, (laughs) what also sucks to be you is when you don't hit like and subscribe and follow us. And if you're one of those guys, then sucks to be you. Um, (laughs) You're a piece of crap. All you got to do is hit the button. (laughs) Hey, we're here to talk Orange Bowl on this special Orange cast. It's Tennessee. It's Clemson. It will be um, at the time of this recording tomorrow night. Miami. We haven't been to Miami since Peyton Manning, if I remember Ooh, right. Geez. I believe it was Nebraska when we got thumped. I think that was the Orange Bowl, if I remember right. Well, for a bowl game, yes. You know, not including the the win at Miami, but um, fair enough. Yeah, but yeah, fair yeah. Enough. No, for these contexts and purposes, uh, yes. Peyton Manning, Nebraska beat down. Yeah, yeah. I like I like your lens a little bit better when going into Miami, playing Miami, ending their home win streak, and Kellen Winslow uh, calling himself a soldier. Ooh, so, man, what yeah. a day! I'll never forget that. Yeah. So, um, man, Tennessee, Clemson, uh, the story of the backup quarterback. You know, very different, very, very, very different stories. Um, the story of DJ Uyagalale is a story in of itself. Sure is. Um, him now being a beaver. Uh, I hope he figures it out, by the way. I hope he, Absolutely. I mean, he seems like a good, good kid. I hope he, hope he gets that figured out. Um, yeah. And I, and you know, not to, this is something y'all know by now, if you've listened to us that I always do is I guess I'd love to see that alternate reality where Clemson didn't have that coaching turnover. Finally, maybe they had their, you know, their championship staff or mm-hmm. staffs together and maybe he gets, you know, maybe he's a little bit more prepared. I don't know. It looks like Cade Klubnick can be good, so I'm not, you know, out on who they have now or anything like that, but they just never quite figured it out or pulled it out of DJ if he has it with himself to to be what he was hopped up to be. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. And if I'm DJ, I don't I don't know if my choice was Oregon State. Um, maybe he wanted to be close to his brother at Oregon, and this is the closest he could get. Uh, I don't know. Um, I am rooting for the guy, though. And then – um, because of his his departure, uh, him finally being benched, I should say, in state uh, in in uh, interjects Cade Klubinick from Texas, and kid's a baller. You and I have been very high on him. Did not expect to be playing this guy, that's for sure. Sure, um, sure, absolutely. Yeah. And then, of course, the sad story of Hendon going down. Uh, I guess South Carolina in steps Joe Milton, who I don't know if you're getting this question a lot. I'm getting it a lot. What's the story in your backup quarterback? Who is he? Yada, yada, yada. I'm like, well, it was actually the starter last year um, before he went down and in-stepped uh, Hendon Hooker. So wouldn't it be awesome if we could live that again, you know, for another year and a half where, in this case, Joe steps in and he does Hendon-like things? That would be, man. Oh, my gosh. Would be 
oh golly that would be so amazing if if that's the case if tell you man just just like dj if he ever figures it out he's gonna be great if joe ever reigns in that bomb that crescent moon that you dub it <laughs> uh if he ever reigns that in man he he, he really will be a fantastic quarterback yeah. i think he's got all the tools in the bag that you could want at the nfl level if he can find his accuracy uh that's been the struggle and my conversations everyone around here knows that you know i'm not around just a bunch of georgia fans that are so wrapped up in kirby and recruiting <laughs> okay i'll stop i'll stop <laughs> but uh no i'm kidding uh but you know most for whatever reason a lot of the people that i'm close to uh got a couple of michigan friends that i'm close to that have seen the same joe milton that we've largely seen you know uh, he's he's made some beautiful passes at Tennessee, made some beautiful passes at Michigan, and he's done his fair share of overthrowing. So we hope to see that cut down tremendously. Will have to be cut down tremendously for him to have any shot to hold off Taven Jackson or Nico if you go into next year uh, or whoever. I mean, the you know the transfer portal is not closed. You don't foresee, of course, I don't think Tennessee getting a transfer, but for him to have any any chance of doing him and Hooker like things of Tennessee maintaining success, I think you need to see Joe rein it in be an accurate passer and and just unleash everything he's capable of i'm with you i'm with you rumor on the street is that electronic arts ea sports it's in the game has dubbed his throw power for the new game at 109 i <laughs> doubt it, caps it at 99. not at all yeah, yeah and i don't yeah. i don't doubt it at all he can't throw it a country mile but the the question is can their receivers run a country mile in time <laughs> yeah so there's 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 that question uh you threw out the quarterbacks names there a little bit i just want to just interject this before we get into some preview on the Orange Bowl. I think it's just a matter at this time, a matter of time at this point before Taven Jackson's in the portal. Simply because I don't know if you have seen this or felt this way, but all the Vol football social media accounts highlighting Nico, 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 Nico. And Jackson's like, what's up, man? Yeah. Um, it's all. It's almost like we're putting all our eggs in the Nico basket. And say what you want to. He's got all the. He's got all the. He's got all the skill sets. I mean, he can. He's got a. He's got a. He's got a professional arm. Absolutely. But you never know until they take the field. Absolutely. You just, you just never know. I'm rooting for Taven Jackson. I would love for him to to be able to figure it out and and make that quarterback room even more competitive. Hundred percent. Um, because Nico ain't playing Friday night. Our backup nope. behind Joe, if he goes down, is Gaston Moore. Taven is available. I don't know if you've seen this, but he is Whoa, back from that jiggle, injury what? that he had. Yeah, he, really? he, he is available. You know, it, okay. I hope, you know, listen, I don't want to see Gaston, nor do I want to see Taven, unless it's a vintage 2022 Tennessee blowout, which you'll learn in a moment that I'm not expecting or predicting. Uh, but but Taven is available if it comes down to it. Um, so, you know, I wonder how that will affect the game plan, how Joe's used, if he'll run more or if he'll be called to run more. You know, I wonder. But he is available. So Interesting. Had no idea. Had no Absolutely. idea. Well, I, at least I heard as of yesterday, locked on balls. Eric Kane still saying he was out. So, okay, that's weird. I've heard from other places, you know, that he that he could be available if if he was needed in uh, Friday night's action. Okay, well, I, I do know that Jimmy Holiday played quarterback in high school. I do know that Jimmy <laughs> Callaway played quarterback in high school. Christian Charles played quarterback in high school. Maybe one of those guys can figure it out over over Gaston Moore. <laughs> uh, every time I hear Gaston Moore's name, I think of the dude from was it Beauty and the Beast, Gaston. Whatever. Gaston. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, I think worst case scenario for Friday is Joe goes down. Yeah. And he, I mean, the hit he took last year against Pitt didn't look bad, but it was enough to knock him out and insert Hendon for the rest of the game. And yeah, 
uh, which I don't want anybody getting hurt, but praise God the way that that turned out. And we got oh, him in goodness. there. So <clears throat> anyway, uh, Clemson's got – let's talk opt-outs just for a second because we know Tennessee has got um, obviously Three? the Bolitnikoff winner, Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman, and now linebacker Jeremy Banks, who his timing was weird to me of of him announcing. I believe that was Christmas Eve, 11, 30, so. 11, 11, 30 at night on Christmas Eve. Interesting choice. But and then obviously we have we have Hendon out. So um is there do you feel worse about the opt-outs from our receivers or about Jeremy Banks opting out? Ah, man, you know, if, if that's that's actually a great question. It should be an easy answer when you think about not having Hyatt, Tillman, the yardage and production, and then just the potential of those guys. It should be a runaway with them, and I would probably ultimately side with Hyatt over everyone else. But the only thing, and, and there is a factor to this as well, but the only thing I can have in my mind for reference is, is South Carolina when Banks was out. Though in that case, it was unexpected, it sounds like. Or maybe it was more of a, you know, late week, last minute situation. This time, we know he's out. You know, we know that Mitchell's there, Beasley's there, Elijah Herring's there, Solon Page is there. I mean, sure. we know who's there. There's no surprise this time. And ultimately, I think for even if you look at Joe Milton's purposes, I think it's it's high in his value, his speed. Um, and then – you know, again, with Tillman, I mean, we didn't get to see him at all like we did in 2021, but yeah. thinking about how how trusted he is by these quarterbacks, you know, even when he came back from his injury, getting a lot of targets down in Athens um, and a lot of targets in Columbia, South Carolina that night as well. So mm -hmm. I think I would go with the receivers over Banks because at the same time, you know, though I can't get that South Carolina game out of my mind, sure. Tennessee's defense was never what its hat was hung on for this for this season. Um, you know, giving up yards, giving up crucial third downs, like you were talking about, not being able to get off the field. I'm going to go with the receivers. That's fair. I think I think that's very fair. Um, and I do think there's an there's an argument there for Banks missing that night in Columbia. However, Banks abs Banks's absence didn't lose that game. They all lost that game. Yeah. Um, I, I will admit though that the defense was even worse. You know, um, I do think Certainly. that 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 Banks um, knows knows where to be. You know, position and stuff like that. I feel comfortable with with Beasley and Juwan Mitchell, but um, I don't want to get into my my keys to the game just yet. But we'll get there. One of these keys I'm going to have is Jeremy Banks would be needed for that. Yeah. yeah. Um. The good thing about the opt-ups with the the with with Hyatt and Tillman is we get a little 2023 20, preview in that receiver room. We'll get to see that yeah. Br Brew McCoy, Ramel Keaton, Squirrel White, you know, trio. Um is there another possibility outside of Squirrel that I'm that I might be missing? I don't see it being Walker. Uh it's it's gotta be Squirrel, right? Am I think I it's gonna be something? Squirrel in the yeah. slot, man, until yeah. you know, I mean, Walker Merrill has has occasionally been in the slot, but yeah. No, it's going to be Squirrel. I think the staff has proven that in the moments where Hyatt has not been in the game, that they want to get him involved, want to get him in rhythm. Mm -hmm. uh, and Joe, man, Joe likes to throw his way for sure. Mm -hmm. So, uh, no, I think it's going to be Squirrel in the slot just about 24-7, again, unless it's just a weird, weird game. Yeah, I would agree to that. Um, so, with that said, Clemson has struggled with the bigger body receivers on the year. And we've got that in brew, so I feel good about that. Um, that's a little bit of a thunder-lightning approach with brew and squirrel. 
and Ramel being a bit of a hybrid there, sure-handed hybrid. Um, so excited for that. Uh, Clemson, on the other hand, they've got uh, defensive end Miles Murphy opting out. Obviously, DJ has transferred, and Trenton Simpson, star-studded linebacker for them, is out with an injury. As far as I know, for those guys, they're 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 near fully loaded. Yeah, very close. I, I would say. Yeah, very yep. close to yep. being fully loaded. Um, so how we feeling? How we feeling going into this, knowing who is not playing and and whatnot? Well, here's some things that I've been looking at, trying to figure out how I'm feeling. I, I didn't have a great feeling about this matchup to begin with. Before opt-outs were announced, before Darnell said he was playing, I didn't have a good feeling about this because I really like Clemson's defense, and I just I just really don't know what I'm going to get out of Tennessee's defense, if anything. So I, I didn't have a great feeling about it, but I can tell you this. My dad asked me, as he often does, what's the what's the line for the game? You know, we talk about that stuff a lot. We talked about it on Christmas morning, and it was five and a half for Clint in Clemson's favor, and that's down to four and a half uh, in Clemson's favor. And then the matchup predictor, fifty-seven percent in Tennessee's favor. So I'm certainly, yeah. if I'm gonna lean one way or the other, I'm gonna say Clemson. You know, probably by a touchdown is is what I'm thinking. I think Tennessee should be able to move the ball because of the tempo and the various factors. I mean, you even had in and a lot. You know, let's not put a lot in this, but. You had Clemson players talking about practicing with the tempo that Tennessee uses and how tough it was. And, you know, T Clemson's players have been nothing but complimentary, even of the defense, which we know is very suspect at best. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, not feeling great. I, I, I'm leaning that Clemson probably is about a touchdown better than Tennessee in this game just because of how, how you know, their, who they've been is in my mind. Clay, Cade Klubnick coming in relief. <laughs> throws memories in my mind of, you know, Trevor Lawrence coming out. I don't think it's Trevor Lawrence or anybody like that, but sure. uh, just the vibes are not, not great for Tennessee for me in this game. I, I would certainly agree with you. Certainly agree with you. Um, I'm not feeling confident. Uh, I think I've kind of come to terms with, I'm, I'm expecting a loss here, which stinks because we're at a New York six bowl game, you know, high school recruits are going to be watching. Um, and which is about the only time, most people would say it matters is when the recruits are watching because a lot of people are calling it a meaningless, meaningless bowl game for us, for you and I, for Tennessee fans, I wouldn't call it meaningless. I mean, sure. Dang excited to be there. Um, Absolutely. In addition, you know, we got a lot of dudes practicing in non-contact jerseys. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah. A ton yeah. of them. I don't even want to bother with the list. There's just, oh, a, no. just a ton of them. Well, heck, if you think back to the last two games of the season and the defensive secondary alone, and yeah. even in that Vanderbilt game, who did play and how they looked just mobility-wise, I, mean, I can completely understand why these guys are, you know, don't touch me right now, do not. Sure. Do yeah. not run into me. I will not tackle you. Do not truck me. You know, I mean, seriously. Yeah. We've been walking wounded for a while. Yeah. So um, so, so with that said, uh, again, not optimistic. I'm curious to, to see how our staff is going to prepare these guys with with all the time that's been had uh, for the preparation for this game. Um, ooh, that was like Twilight Zone type sound. <laughs> um, so the the, the preparation, I'm, I'm interested to see, uh, especially at halftime, once we come out third quarter, what adjustments are going to be made. How how have we, from a coaching standpoint, how have we prepared for this game? But I keep going back ultimately to about, gosh. <sighs> 
10, 12 years ago when Oregon and Stanford were going back at it or going back and forth with each other, and Stanford was kind of owning those guys, therefore, well, not owning them, but uh, finding ways to stay with them and even beat them on occasion. Um, they were running – Oregon was running a, 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 a fast offense, no huddle, hurry up. They were snapping the ball quick, which was really fast for that time, and Stanford was beating them at the point of the attack on the line of scrimmage, and I'm going – well, Clemson has the bodies and and the dudes to do that. The front seven scares me more than anything uh, with Clemson. Cade Klumanik also scares me. Uh, he's a bit of a he extract he, he, he gosh I'm stuttering a ton today. <laughs> me too. He, I'm, I'm he, very sorry for that. <laughs> he strikes me as a bit of a gunslinger mentality, and I think those are the kinds of dudes that can beat us bad, soundly, well. Um, so that makes me nervous. But you know, if if we if we come out and we go kind of like we did at, 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 at Pitt where we had some drive stall, I think the opening first three drives stalled. That, that sounds right. I think if we get into that situation, we're going to be in a world of hurt. Ultimately oh, yeah. I'll go, I'll go ahead and give a sneak peek. I'm expecting about a two score loss, two to three score loss. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be somewhere around 17. I don't understand the spread, nor do I understand the over-under. The over-under, if I remember right, is set at 63 and a half. That is correct. Um, I think I think Clemson's defense is going to pose a lot of problems for us. Um, so with all that said, I'm not not feeling real good about this. Absolutely. I'm and we we're on the same page on that, it sounds like. Yep. So um I got some keys, uh keys to the game, which I think Things that I think have to happen, and I, th- I got three of them, and I think all three absolutely have to happen in order for Tennessee to win this game. I don't think it's in question. I don't think it's two out of the three, certainly not one out of three. I think all three need to happen. I think we need to play some of our best football with, oh, with, yeah. the, with the guys that we have. If it was Hendon and Hyatt, I, I thought about this. I would still feel pretty similar, but I would feel better. I feel like we oh, could, so much I, better. I would feel like we could at least make it a scoring match. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, with that said, so I got three. Here's the first one. I think we have to be able to run the ball and run it well. Um. I'm talking to like a four and a half to five and a half yards per carry ordeal. Um. That's going to take pressure off Joe. Okay, who's getting his first. Second start, sorry, Vanderbilt. Uh, getting a second start since Pitt last year. Yeah. Um, I don't know that he's going to be bothered by the pressure or bo- or by the big lights. I think he's prepared for this moment. I think he's yeah. ready. He's ready. Um, but I can I can see a scenario where where things are not going our way well on the ground, and he's doing this thing where he's overshooting balls, right? Or he's hitting he's hitting dudes high on on six yard hitch routes, stuff like that, because he's feeling the weight of of having to do it all himself. Yeah. So we got to take the pressure off Joe with being able to run the ball well, and we've got to be able to move the chains on the ground. We can't get yeah. into we can't get into third and and short third and third and fours, and 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 they know it's going to be in the air, you know. Yep, we, we got to be able to convert on the ground, which honestly, right now, I think is a coin flip on on whether we can do that. Our offensive line has exceeded our expectations, right? Absolutely. But th- that front four for these guys, they are elite. I mean, yep, they're as good as you know, right there with what we've the best we've seen. Yeah, you've got you've got NFL talent on their bench at this position. So uh, we got to be able to run the ball. 
All right, that's key number one. Uh, I don't think that's an option. The, the minute you you make us one-dimensional with Joe, I'm not confident, Same. especially without Hyatt and without Tillman. I, I just, Absolutely. Hey, go prove me wrong. Please, please do. Yeah, yeah, please do. Go prove me wrong. But I would I think I think I think small is gonna have to be around 80 yards. Wright's gonna have to be around 60 to 80 yards in order to win this game. I don't think we can get anything less than if we're below 150 on the ground, it's a loss in my mind. I, I'm laughing. I'm laughing because I'm just thinking about the keys that I have. And I was gonna say we need to one outrush Clemson the the rush yardage totals okay okay for team wise yeah I think it has to be 150 plus is what I was sitting at in my mind and I think you have to hold Clemson around 100 um it, it's funny if you if you actually look at the stats uh Tennessee allows <laughs> 10 more yards 111 to Clemson's 101 rushing and I think you have to hold Clemson around that that century mark which Let's let's be honest. Tennessee's rush defense has exceeded what we thought it would be sure. over the season, but this is, I think, where Jeremy Banks could be vital. Uh, so I hope that the preparation without him is strong. But again, I'm saying you've got to get probably to 150 for me to feel anywhere good uh, sure. if you're Tennessee. And then I think you have to win that battle at least by 25, if not by you know 150 to around 100. I can agree with that. So that's going to take me into my second key, and that's containing their run. Um, I think you're going to have to keep that thing at bay. I, uh, I've i been really hard on Will Shipley, and I think it's just because he has preceded dudes like Etienne. Yeah. And he's a 1,000-yard rusher. Yeah. 5.8 per carry. Yeah. Uh, so he's, he has done well on the ground. I don't, I, don't, I don't see us stopping that by any means. I think we're going to have to contain it. We're going to have to keep yeah. that at bay. We're going to have to put the uh, get them to put the ball in the air when they don't want to. Absolutely. Um, make them uncomfortable. Um, we we can't allow them to be in, you know, like a a second and six situation. They put it on the put it on the ground and convert. Yeah. Um, that can't happen. Nope. Um, and, I, and just and just just highlight or uh, uh, piggybacking on on myself for a second. I think that Beasley and Jawan Mitchell are more than capable of doing this. Absolutely. I really do. We've gotten exceptional play from, from Amari Thomas. We've gotten good play from, from Bumpus, Byron Young. Um, Barron has been, you know, serviceable. It's not necessarily yeah. showing up on the stat sheet, but, you know, gap assignment, stuff like that. So our run fits are going to have to be, uh, have to be good. Um so we got to run the ball. We got to contain the run. And I think the third thing that absolutely, absolutely has to happen. This is arguably just as important as the first, and that's create pressure on Cade. Yeah. And I'm not saying even like an every down situation, but he can't just be back there uh, in, in similar situations the way Bryce was when yeah. when they were in Knoxville. His ability to move around, keep his eyes downfield, buy time that can't happen. We we absolutely. cannot allow that. Um, we have got to be able to get off the field when we get into uh, a third and six situation or a, a third and long, when they hand it to us, you know, if they got a, a holding call or a, a false start and they get behind the chains, that has to be the moment in time where we get off the field. Absolutely. This whole, um, converting, uh, reliving tennis, uh, excuse me, Florida and Alabama, where they just converted every single critical down that, that, that cannot happen. Um, Clemson, <laughs> just no, 
no, no, I don't. No. I, I don't know how 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 else to word this. So I, th- I think all of those things, these those three things, have to happen. I don't. I don't think any of them are negotiable. Oh no, I couldn't agree more. Um, and I was I'm kind of laughing again because Jalen Wright has the exact same average rush of five point eight as um, Will Shipley does. He oh, obviously really? has uh, 400, 350, 400 less yards because of the number of carries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's funny to me that it's Jalen because he doesn't have the, the big body that Jabari has, but mm-hmm. then again, Jabari doesn't have the speed that Samson and, and Rot have. So that was just funny to me looking at that. Um, I've got two others for sure. Okay. One is, is so basic that I'm almost ashamed, but I, I think it's because, <laughs> well, before the, you say the, it, before you say it, the basics for us are what's going to win this. Absolutely. That it has to happen. And the reason I say it is because it's not always – actually, it's it's hard to find games where it's been the case, in in fact. But a perfect special teams game. I mean, perfect. Mm. You cannot miss field goals if you get into range. And who knows okay. if we'll even attempt yeah. them. But, you know, again, it's been a little scary at times when Tennessee lines up for a field goal. Is it going to get blocked? Is it going to be a low ball? Is it going to be accurate? You just don't know. So, if you get into range, you got to knock them down. Fair enough. Extra points. I shouldn't even have to mention it, but, again, it's been – tough at times a little fishy at times perfect game nope no punt blocks no return game issues we've not really seen those this year which i'm grateful for agree and i think there's a blessing in disguise in that we didn't really see d williams return a lot of kicks well holidays in the portal he won't be returning kicks on friday night so you'll get d williams not only if you force punts but on any kick returns and let's be real we fair caught 10 times the amount of kicks that we actually returned. So hopefully we get a chance to see D Williams create opportunities. If the offense is struggling or even if they're having a good game, just to supplement that, but a perfect special teams game. And again, again, the only reason I mention it is because it's, it's really hard to find many a minus or just a games from the special teams. They've had good games, but there's almost been one area lacking for them. You know, when other areas have succeeded and then the other thing is something that we just haven't seen often, but I think that Joe needs to be, I mean, if I think if he's below 60, 65% completion percentage, I think that bodes really poorly. I mean, I really do. It'll be a long and, night. And it'll be one thing. Yeah, long night. It'll be one thing if it's the deep shots that are either overthrown or, you know, let's be real, they're, they're hard to complete, period. A deep shot is, unless the guy's running as open as high has been many times, or you've just beat your man, they're even still hard to complete. Uh-huh. But can he complete the intermediate throws? Do we call the intermediate throws? Are we calling stuff across the middle, giving us, you know, giving him a huge target like a brew, like a Ramel over the middle? Are we doing those things, the tight ends? Mm-hmm. So again, I think 60 is the absolute floor. 65, I think, really, really bodes well, especially depending on how many times we throw. You'd think that you might go to some of those shorter throws, like those swings and those bubbles that we've seen at times this year, but we saw a lot of last year. Heat Joe up, get him in rhythm. Again, I think 60 is the absolute floor for a successful night for Tennessee's offense. I can agree with that. Um, I'm going to come back to the special teams thing there for a second. Uh, I think you're spot on with that. If there's points to be had, we need to walk away with them. Oh, 100%. A blocked field goal or something like that, I mean – uh, we're going to have to find po- – I think points and yards are going to be hard to come by for uh, I, just, just for one. That's my feeling. Uh, I mean, the pit game. Um, that the Special teams almost cost us the pit game. It absolutely did. You talk about a muff punt. 
Mm -hmm. uh, that was before D Williams was involved. Of course, he's, he's a firecracker back there. He's has a high ceiling, but he's also going to take chances and sure, you know, and he, it could even be him letting one go to over his head. If he thinks it's going to go through the end zone, like we saw at Georgia, that yeah. was just a recipe for disaster. Uh, so, you know, he has to really have a solid game and anything he could add is huge. Sure. Uh, you know, talk about oh, the muff massive. punt, talk about the block punt in, in the pit games. Thankfully we have not seen those issues the way that we did then, yeah. but it cannot, it cannot rear its ugly head in this game. I mean, it, it will be absolutely massive if we can find, if we can find points in, in the special teams department on a kick return or a putt return or something like that. That, that would be absolutely uh, massive. I do agree with the Joe Milton thing as well and the completion percentage. I want to just add to that and say, I think one thing that bodes well for us is our type of offense as far as making them cover sideline to sideline. I don't think we've seen something like that. Um, they've got elite speed. That that defense is just elite from top to bottom. So how will they – I mean, you can practice for it all you want to, right? But until you actually see it, uh, it's 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 it, it, it can't be replicated. I mean, you, you have to actually go up against it. So I think that might bode well for us. But, again, I come back to point number one. you got to convert third and one on the ground, you know, second four on the ground. you got to be able to do that. Yes. So uh, we're down to the last ten minutes here. Um, give me a um, give me a score prediction. You know, um, give me a if Tennessee does win, tell me why or tell me who like the MVP is. You know, something like that. All right. Score prediction. What I'm actually feeling. I'm gonna say thirty four twenty eight Clemson. Okay. is what I'm feeling and fearing, of course, is, is going to happen. If Tennessee does win, man, it, you know, I think the MVP, if, if Tennessee wins, is going to have to be Joe Milton because the running backs are capable if the room is there. We know that. We haven't just ran wild except for really against Vanderbilt. Of course, the run game has been very serviceable, but you yeah. talk about them winning you a game, you're looking at Vanderbilt and things like that. I think it has to come down to Joe and this offensive line really, you know, playing the way that they have, giving him time, him making quick and efficient decisions, and then just hitting his targets if they are there, if they're open. Fair enough. Um, I, I could agree with that. Um, my score prediction is close, but worse. I got Clemson 37, us 21. I think points and yards are going to be hard to come by. I really yeah. do. Um, I just don't think this bodes well. The timing of it stinketh. So, uh, yeah. But I, I do. I think if we do win, I think we need to turn around and hand an MVP trophy to our front five, the offensive line, and say, Couldn't "Hey, agree more. you guys got this done." When when we needed short yards, you got it done. When we when we needed, you know, uh, a conversion on third and twelve, we ran a draw, and you got it done. Um, you, you made that conversion. So I'm, I'm gonna give that to the to the offensive line. I think those guys need to have a great night. An absolutely great night, and I'm encouraged that Darnell Wright will be there for that. Uh, excited to see him go off into the pros. Uh, hope he plays for a team that I like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, with that said, hope Hooker is not a saint. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, I would I would think that it's because our offensive line. I guess just the trenches all together, offensive line. There you and, go. And, and and front seven, you know, we we won we won it in in the nitty gritty, in the dirty, in the nasty. Um, which would be huge, man, because Clemson, they, I, I mean, they've, they've, they've been, they've won championships and they've won for years because of elite play 
in the trenches. So, absolutely, absolutely. This is a huge, huge game. I'm I'm so grateful for this season. You know, just, uh, let's just go ahead and say again that. 10-2 was our absolute ceiling. Yeah, 11-1 and one was on the table, but nobody was saying 11 wins in the regular season. To do it and in, in getting it in a New Year's Six Bowl would be mm-hmm. utterly amazing. The turnaround has been quick, and we hope that it's not short-lived. We hope that it's built to stay and last, and, you know, it, taking steps that look like it is. But just so glad to be in this game, and I, I, hope, that it's, I hope that it's a vintage, just 60-minute game unless Tennessee runs away with it, uh, you know, where it's not a beat down in, you know, I hope Tennessee doesn't get beat down, of course, but I mean, I just hope it's a vintage game that we can look back fondly on like we do this season, that we close this group out, this, the guys that are leaving the program, send them out with a good, good memory and a great win and, and build from here. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. This is our last Tennessee preview episode of the 2022 college football season. The least that you can do if you're sitting here listening on podcasts, you're watching on YouTube, is like and subscribe. We're, we won't we won't find you. We won't send you emails. We're not we're gonna gonna do any of that nature, but we will call you names and we will you know like oh you listen but you haven't subscribed you're a dirty. Mm. We will mm. talk behind <laughs> your back and to your face <laughs> and on the show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we love you guys. Hope you have a fantastic New Year's. Uh, enjoy the bowl games that are the, tonight at the time of this recording. I think Florida State and Oklahoma will be uh, this evening in Texas and Washington tonight. Um, Minnesota might already be have, have picked off, but I just don't care. So, uh, go balls. We love you guys. Pandemonium Reigns! Not for the last time this year, but for the last Tennessee preview. God bless. Go balls. Reigns.